0: Good evening, travelers of the night. I am your dungeon master, Wesley, but you can call me Wes. Tonight's a very special night. It's the last episode of this season, and we've had 13 amazing episodes thanks to you. A big thanks to everyone who watches us, chats with us on Discord, tunes in every week for the new episodes and stories that we come up with on the spot with the dice rolls that we get, and your ideas and support to helping us get better. Next season, expect shorter episodes, collaborations with other amazing Dungeons & Dragons streamers and producers, and overall format improvements. So on this last episode, I'd like to make a pact, a deal with the devil, some might say. Here's our promise to you. We will continue to make immersive D&D content, play nuanced characters, and push our limits with each and every episode. All that we ask of you is your soul. I mean, <clears throat> I mean sorry an old habit. Uh, what I mean to say was to stay with us for the ride. We're thrilled to have you and without further ado, let's begin. Compelled by this inexplicable impulse, he found himself in a desolate clearing. The ground, a mosaic of jagged salt crystals, the monotonous crunch of salt against the metal of his shovel formed a symphony of dissonance, resonating through the emptiness. Even the trees, their skeletal observers, cast an eerie shadow in this dim light. His joints ached, possibly from the cold, but... Such physical concerns were trivial in his obsessed quest. As he delved deeper, the soil was met with the unending sea of salt. His labor intermittently rewinded with the startling specks of crimson in the saline expanse. A brief surge of panic led him to check his own body for wounds, but he found none touching his face. Underneath him, a sinister whispering began, as if the salt itself had found a voice. The words were laden with a chilling menace that seemed to creep up his legs, their consonants a sharp and piercing thorn. Undeterred, however, he continued his excavation his laughter echoing hollowly as he unearthed more of that blood-streaked salt, which hissed as though releasing an ancient compressed secret, a bizarre exhilaration overtook him, temporarily alleviating the physical strain of his efforts. Engulfed in the pit, his progress was abruptly halted by an encounter with a substance that was undeniably organic. Casting aside his shovel, he knelt, his hands feverishly sifting through the final layers of salt. What he uncovered was a pulsating, corpulent mass, a nightmarish amalgamation of flesh and vein. Its sinew extensions wrapping around his hands, a mix of terror and euphoria engulfed him as he gazed into this eyeless entity, feeling its insatiable hunger seeping into every crevice of his consciousness. The only witness to his final frenzied screams of horror were the solemn, quivering trees shaking as if caught in an unfelt breeze. His screams gradually diminished, falling silent by the pristine salt. The hauntingly silent clearing. And somewhere else, Lord Felix Royce opens his eyes. As we emerge Having just entered an old warehouse, Vander, you'd know by the sign of this piece of technology in the center that has come to life that you found an untouched relic of the past in these salt wastes. It's likely either nobody has been here before or if they have, they haven't been around to stay long enough to... Explore this place. Being here for the first time as you step into these dusty, salt laden corridors, you hear coming from the center of the room as you round the corner. A round machine opens up two hemispheres of its sides, spider like legs crawling out from beneath. A seeming defender of this place that you've entered. Would everybody please open Albert Rodeo and roll initiative?
1: Oh, it's happening. Ooh. I
2: forget. We actually roll in DD Beyond, though, right?
0: You do. Yes. And starting with Esper, what's your initiative roll? 16. Trevor. Uh,
1: 21.
3: Vander. Also a 21 Nihilus 15
0: and Dr. Isadora glass
1: 14. Nice rolls. Everybody
0: damn, not bad, Trevor and Vander, Trevor. You're first to be able to react, breaking the tiebreaker with Vander in terms of dexterity, of course. But Vander, you just as quickly notice this machine. Trevor, as do you. What would you like to do? Oh.
1: Uh, Trevor's gonna... Instantly, his... um, His head is going to... Quickly setting down Esper and giving her the instructions that he did before to stay low stay out of sight. Try and uh, get your head right. He's going to spin around, uh, seeing that Vander and he have more or less the same amount of pep in their step. Uh, He's just going to give a a bit of a nod and go, I don't know what that's doing, but I don't like it. Uh, You know what? I'm just going to take the whole turn here to uh, go ahead and use Keypoint to use Patient defense. So I'm taking the dodge action. And any attacks against me will be at disadvantage. And then I'm just going to use my regular action to dash so that I'm right on them.
0: Trevor, a first observation you get coming up so close is that its entire exterior is made with a thick metallic substance. You can only gauge that this is an incredibly resilient machine, whatever it is. As Vander, it's your turn.
3: Alright, Abby. we've... We've prepared for this. We've trained. Uh, I'm gonna... uh, Looking around, do I see any sort of uh, perch or anywhere where I can get a height advantage?
0: In the center of the room, there's these two large staircases that go upstairs, and you can see around the inner rim of that next level there seems to be a railing and a balcony that goes all the way around the center of the room. Even further up to a third level, there seems to be yet another rim that you can see. The access to it, though, is not visible from where you are. How to get up to that third level?
3: First thing I'm going to do is I'm going to um, uh, let out a, a short little whistle command to Bandit. Say, so get up in there, boy. Uh, and send him in there uh, alongside Trevor. You, I'll start heading towards the staircase, try to get some height on it. Okay. Okay.
0: Esper, the world to you right now still feels maybe a bit hazy and woozy, but there is a level of consciousness and danger is understood to you. What are you doing?
4: They take a minute to stand up and they kind of have to shake it out. They can see this in front of them and they know and they had been training with Trevor. So, Esper is going to get herself up, stand, and run, and get up next to Trevor, and remembering what he taught her, as well as considering in her more sober moments what she could do. Uh, she is going to make a, an attempt at a trip attack by running and trying to swing her sword right under one of those feet.
0: And is that going to be uh, athletics contested?
4: I get to if the attack hits, I get to add an extra d8 to damage. The target will then have to make a dc13 strength save. If they fail, they will be prone. Uh, and just for posterity, what size is this creature?
0: This creature is large.
4: Still counts then. All right. Uh, Flanking bonus does apply. I think a 23 is going to hit though.
0: A 23 will hit.
4: Initially, that will be seven damage. Plus I get to roll the superiority die. For an extra four, turning it to 11 damage. And if you could please roll me a strength saving throw.
0: I already took the initiative to do that. With a 27.
4: They're not prone.
0: (laughs) And as you strike your blade in, it it penetrates the metal like you're striking through sheet metal, but you feel the resistance of your blade striking, that it's not nearly as deep as this machine can go. Its outer shell seems to be very protective. And though it takes the damage... You can see the machine is unfazed by it. If you put your foot up against it to pull the blade out because it's so stuck it. in... The- She's
4: gonna yank the blade out and look up at it. It's oh, very sturdy. No bonus action this turn.
0: Nihilus. just takes a
5: breath in order to look at the scene of it all... He steps in closer with his full movements and speaks loud.
1: We don't mean
5: any harm, but we do need assistance. Are we just going to attack this thing? Either way, let us be blessed as we do. And with that, his eyes glow. And for a second level, he casts Bless on four people. The three allies he can see right in front of himself and himself. Please all add a 1d4 to your attack and saving through
0: modifies. Wonderful. As he ends his turn. And Dr. Glass, as you stand in the corner of this room, you see combat starting to begin. It's immediately apparent to you, especially with your passives, that this enemy, this machine, this protector of this place is incredibly strong. It's just seeing Esper's attack dealing almost nothing relative to its its scale it does have cause for concern you see two staircases some large machines in this room with back rooms and areas and another upper level whose you can't really make what's up there what would you like to do
2: Uh, now last time I said that I cast invisibility on myself as soon as I heard the alarm was I able to do that before initiative just to confirm? Sure. I'd say so. I'm invisible, and I would like to look for controls. Uh, If I don't see anything immediately around me, I suppose I'd go upstairs. Uh, Before I try to join the fray, I want to see if I can find a way to turn this thing off, because it's so, so strong.
0: Please either roll a perception check or an investigation with advantage.
2: That's a 15 investigation.
0: The machines in this room, their grand scale, the cables and tubes and pneumatics that come from various spots all seem to channel through these bundles of cables and pipes to a place behind the wall across the room from you. You can see, though you don't know what's back there because of this brick wall, you can see that all of those cables for the machines head in that direction. However, this device in the center, this protector of sorts, has a central stalk that kind of dangles from its its upper torso that leads far up north to the top of the building. That leads you to believe that these, where the rest of the mechanicals go is not the same place that this machine is being directed from.
2: And I think it's probably upstairs? Yes. Okay, so I'm going to say into Nihilus' mind, uh, I'm going to try to turn off or control this thing. I'll
5: be upstairs. And... Be careful. You don't know if there's more. He
0: says aloud.
2: Are, are the nearest stairs the ones directly behind Trevor?
0: There are two sets of stairs. There's one directly behind Trevor, whose entrance is on the south side of the room. And there's the one that Vander's on, whose entrance is on the north side of the room.
2: Okay, so I'm on the east. So I'll go to the eastern staircase by Trevor so I don't walk past the the foe. And I'm still invisible.
0: Okay, go ahead and move your character. And it's the machine's turn. Its legs fully protrude now as the weight of its body begins to pull up in this belabored mechanical sound of of old rusted metal screeching. And in an instant, you see all of the seams and edges of this machine starting to glow as it drops its body down, its full weight, tons of weight striking the floor. The light from inside explodes, and everybody, please roll dexterity saving throws.
3: Oh, hell. I Natural 20, baby! <laughs> a reminder on the Bless for those who have it.
1: Yeah. Yes, can I please.
3: Just,
2: can I just have bonus action uh, given Nihilus Bardic?
1: Sure. May I please have it? Uh, with uh, the help of Bless, that's a 23. That is a 17 dex save that's from Dr.
5: Glass.
3: 23.
5: That's
1: still higher
5: than my... It's still higher than my natural 20, including the, the blasts. What, <laughs> what the hell, expect? <laughs> uh, 16
4: for Esper.
0: So the DC is 17. Ooh. And I'm sorry, Esper. Everybody who fails, day. the light that explodes from this is blinding. You feel the the heat of this machine singeing your skin, burning off your eyebrows if you've got them right there. Um, and you take. 16 points of damage if you did not Ooh. save. If you did, you can take half. And that was a legendary action, as it's now going to make two attacks, one on Trevor and one on Esper.
1: Ooh, with disadvantage on Trevor because of patient defense. What
2: did you say the damage type was for out of Curiosity?
0: Uh, that would be Radiant. Mm-hmm. Oh my. Trevor, that's a 14 to hit.
1: Uh, 14 and, just hits.
0: And Esper, that's a 12 to hit. Misses. Trevor, please take an additional eight points of bludgeoning damage. <laughs> it continues. It seems immobile from this spot. In fact, you can see as you look up these cables tether it in this location. What would you like to do, Trevor?
1: Oh, all right. Well, it, if it's tethered, I mean, it's possible it's not moving. Uh, so let's kind of take that and uh, formulate a plan based on that, maybe. Uh, Trevor is going to go. <laughs> Ain't you got nothing more interesting to say? He's just gonna start uh, punching this thing with uh, with an arm strike. Um, that's probably not gonna hit. That's an eight.
0: You pummel this machine over and over again, trying to punch through this metal, and not even but a dent is created in
1: its hull. Just... Just... Fuck... He grabs his uh, uh, knuckled hands. Uh, okay, uh, hold on. And he's just gonna go ahead and, hmm, yeah, he's gonna spend a key point, you step in the wind to disengage his bonus action. So I'm just gonna call out as a free action. Just, uh, I don't know where their, them wires go, but uh, hopefully that means it's held there. Uh, just be careful. That thing's made of sturdy shit. That'll be his turn. The machine
0: raises one of its claws abruptly and mechanically, unexpectedly in front of you, Esper, as it's taking a legendary action with a 16 to hit. Yeah, it. Please take eight points of damage as bludgeoning as this claw comes down and strikes you to the ground knocking you prone automatically.
1: Ooh. Aspen, no!
0: And, Vander, it's your turn. Right. Oh,
3: do I see Abby anywhere?
0: Abby's run up up with the... Oh, excuse me. Abby's run up the stairs with you. She pattered just behind, and as you took out your weapon, so did she behind you, ready to attack. Okay. Alright,
3: uh... This thing looks mighty dangerous. Do uh I'm looking particularly before I fire for do I see any wires or any sort of uh you said this, the two hemispheres kind of separated. Is there anything in, in the in the in-between of those two?
0: There are actually,
3: please roll perception or investigation. Uh well I'm not particularly good at either one of them, but I'll do perception. I don't mean to roll that with advantage, but uh, I got a natural one. You look at this machine, and it is... It has cables, it has cogs,
0: it has all these mechanical components. But to say that you'd be able to shoot through this very narrow slit in the device is already a very, cha- very big challenge. You know, I don't know if you'd be able to. Or at least that's the doubt that nah. might come to your mind in this moment. Uh, well then, in
3: that case distract him happy i need to get him off the office those people we're trying to protect uh i'm going to use a uh, use of my favored foe uh to mark this creature uh and then i'm going to take a shot at it okay go ahead and roll to hit let me add my bless onto that that is going to be uh 18 An 18 hits as Abby
0: jumps up behind, leaning on your shoulders with this tube-like gun. She uses her mouth to blow these iridescent paintballs at it. I got this one, as it strikes different spots in the machine, making it easier to see as you take your shot, hitting it. Roll damage. Uh,
3: I think I rolled a. I think it was like a seven or an eight.
0: Yeah, seven. We'll go with seven seven points of damage as and you're shooting arrows here right yes regular arrows arrows strike the hull and you can see they only delve maybe two or three inches deep not nearly deep enough to get at any of its precious
3: mechanics all right uh and then as a bonus action i will command uh bandit to take an attack as well i don't have him on my character sheet but i will roll for him uh, because he's in melee range with allies, he gets rolled advantage. Uh, it's going to be a 21 to hit. That's going to hit. Roll damage. Uh, four points of damage.
0: As it grabs at one of the pneumatics, the tubes in between these little crevices, and you hear a rip as you hear a, a gas releasing as this little hose kind of drains all of whatever fluid is in there. Are you doing anything else?
3: Yeah, uh, with the remainder of my turn, uh, I'm going to... I see the stairs go up a little higher, so I'm going to see if I can get an even better vantage point. So I'm going to head upstairs. Okay. Uh, as you get upstairs, we'll come back to you there in a moment
0: as... Esper. This machine seems to be raising up again. It almost looks like it's about to crash towards the ground again. The amount of damage output, the foundation shaking... Uh, explosions that it keeps creating are devastating, what would you like to do?
4: Having just been smashed down to the floor, Esper is glancing sideways up at it, and it's like pushing themselves up as there's just dirt all over them and as they open their mouth to speak, there's blood that starts to drip down out of their chin. It... It doesn't feel very good. And they're going to, from their down position, as they're standing up, they're going to try and thrust the sword up above to try and get into that joint where the, uh, basically the armpit is to see if there's, I mean, like on a normal living thing, it would definitely hurt and make them think twice about trying to stomp it down. So that's the terms in which they're thinking about it. So, plus a d15 plus the d4. It's a total of 18.
0: An 18 will hit. How much damage is that?
4: That is a total of 10 damage.
0: This time, dealing just slightly more damage than everybody else, even that almost seems, seems insignificant until you hear a zapping noise coming from inside. You've struck something, and you see several of its limbs jerk jolt like a machine that's just had a like an electrical moment as it shudders and then raises itself higher menacingly at you. Are you doing anything else? I think
4: it's it's the fear response immediately that makes Esper kind of tense in place and place her feet flat on the ground and it is here that they enter rage. They are stealing themselves to be attacked again. That is it.
0: Okay. Nihilus.
5: By the gods, this thing is, is, is a monster. But it's still a machine. It must have a witness to something. Doctor Glass is gonna try to find an off switch. Try to hold it down. And he licks his he licks his lips in order. To his finger in order to quickly go to a specific page on his spellbook he's going to try to find a weakness on this thing and he, he pulls out from his spellbook these three magical darts one in blue one in red and one in this white color and he shoots out magic missile Aqua, oh in cold fire and lightning damage trying to discern a weakness between this thing First the cold hits, then the fire hits, then the lightning hits
0: for a total of 13 damage if in fact You see as the first cold arcane missile shoots out, it strikes the machine immediately generating where it hit this icy coating and as it tries to lurch its body forward the ice seems to inhibit its movement as it takes eight cold damage. The other two however You see the fire one strike, and it's almost entirely unaffected. It strikes, explodes outwards, and all you see is a black scorch mark and no damage dealt. And finally, with the lightning damage, as this electric arcane missile strikes, you see its glow, that red glow that goes from hemisphere to hemisphere, glow brighter. And you see as the electric travels, not just to this machine, but up that central cable, whatever just happened... Couldn't have been good. Are you doing anything else? Well, that's not particularly what I
5: was desiring. He says that the ancestor.
1: We found out something, I guess. <laughs> better than nothing.
0: The machine is going to use a legendary action to strike again at Esper. Esper, that's a 15 to hit.
4: That hits. Uh, Can I ask before you give me the number, is it slashing, piercing, bludgeoning damage? It is bludgeoning. I will be resistant.
0: Uh, And Mm. that's going to be eight points of bludgeoning damage.
4: That's the raw number?
0: That's the raw number.
4: Down to four, thank you.
0: You see again as Esper is continuously being pummeled down towards the ground. as Dr. Glass, it's your turn.
2: She sees Esper get battered. And just something in her mind, she yells, no, and her mind yanks Esper five feet away, five feet closer to herself and away from this creature as a bonus action.
0: She's pulled immediately out of the range of this creature.
4: Yeah, Esper's afraid right now. I don't think she'd really contest
2: that. I'm going, I am going to use my movement to get closer to the base of the stairs. I'm not going to dash, just my movement. So funny story, since Felix had announced that he was concentrating on something, that really bothered Dr. Glass. And she was trying to think about what he might be concentrating on. And she doesn't have any idea. She didn't figure it out per se, but she just started thinking about what one might concentrate on. She remembers telling Nihilus about how, you know, his, he was talking about th- this magic in terms of light, But for them, it was in terms of sound and how uh, Abelard had talked about this place as a consonance point, you know, sound consonants, sounding together. And she's just for the past week, she's just been hearing the sounds around her really, really strongly and thinking about, can the Nexus Bound manipulate these sounds? And so even though it drops invisibility... She focuses really hard on the sounds around her, and she uses her mind and creates a sudden, loud, painfully intense ringing noise. And every creature in a 10-foot radius sphere must make a constitution saving throw, but a creature made of inorganic material, such as stone, crystal, or metal, has disadvantage on that saving throw. This is, of course, Shatter.
0: Kaboom! And you're targeting this right on the creature in a spot where it won't damage anybody else.
2: Yes. And I don't need line of sight. Uh, And since I moved Esper, and actually since the thing is large, I guess it it doesn't even really... I can just focus it right on the thing. Uh, It's not going to hit anyone else.
0: All right. And that's a saving throw. What's the save?
2: I'm now all the way up to 14. And it has disadvantage. (laughs) But it takes half damage on a failure, on a success. I mean,
0: that's a natural twenty. Mm. So it's going to save, but it will take Wait, full with disadvantage, damage. It
2: got two natural twenties.
0: Oh no, that was disadvantage.
2: I assume that's it's made of
0: 15. metal.
2: Okay, so it still mm. saves. Yeah, uh, but it takes half damage. So it takes seven thunder damage.
0: Your shatter explodes within this machine. Because it inhabits already a large amount of space, you can hear the the rattle of internal mechanical components coming apart, and this cable that connects it to the ceiling just detaches as it starts swinging wildly, and the entire machine comes crashing to the ground, powered off. And combat is over.
2: Non magical objects take the damage in Spell's area. I definitely had that plan. All part of my.
5: Is, is everyone alright?
4: Esper instantly takes a knee and gives a very gruff, loud for their body size cough, and you hear the splatter and the trickle of more blood coming out of their mouth. They don't look
5: so good.
1: Alright, alright.
5: looks towards the rest of the party.
1: Uh, um, um. I'll be all right. Uh, just check on Esper. Uh, we got a head count or something. What the hell was that?
3: Um, I'm going to leap down uh, from the balcony now that the fight is over. Um, mm-hmm. Walk over to Esper and I'm going to use my last remaining spell slot to cast cure wounds.
5: Well, I can't see a damn thing with these fake house
3: rebreathers. Re- uh, that is four no points of healing.
0: By the way, inside the building, you will eventually notice that the air in here is breathable.
3: And can we please take them off? Oh, let me, let me, let me check first. I uh, will take mine off first.
4: I think Esper
5: just ripped hers off naturally to cough off blood. Oh, man! I was really worried. I was going to shoot that electrical dart right at your well, behind, Esper. Sorry about that. Terribly difficult to see with those things. It's Alright.
2: All Thank you, Mr. Vander. And Dr. Glass makes her way around as soon as she's able. And, I guess, examines the thing. But She's not great with machinery, but...
0: Uh, investigation, please. What in the one hells was this... That's a 22 investigation.
2: Learning fast.
3: The
0: amount of insight you can gain looking at it up close isn't all too much different from what you saw before, but there's something you notice as you lean in. And even with, you know, Dr. Glass's relatively weak posture, she's able to pry just a little bit of a gap between its left and right hemisphere to to look in the moonlight or at least the blotted skylight from the windows, uh, from the salt, giving just enough to see inside. It's almost alien in its make. The mechanical components and machines that you're familiar with from where you've come from, from where you've been, it's crude compared to this. This is almost a little more advanced, if not for its ancient rusted interior metal. Maybe not as ancient as before time, but as ancient as, judging by the decay of these components, hundreds of years.
2: So ancient but advanced. Yes. R- remind you of anyone we know. Ha ha ha. She does Maybe she says that. I don't know. Uh, What she definitely says is, what is this place? Mr. Vander, do you have any idea?
3: I'll be honest with you. I I didn't know what to expect coming in here. There are places in the salt waste where water stalkers accumulate supplies for the rest of us who get caught out in storms. I figured this might have been one of them. Um, I, I should have scattered it out more thoroughly. I, I'm sorry, but I have to admit, I'm very impressed with the way you all handled yourself. It's yeah. quite quite a feat of, of teamwork you guys have there. What oh, the
0: Waterstalkers yeah. say is there are some places that are older than others. And I, I, guess, I guess nobody's been here before.
1: Might be right. Just, uh... <laughs> For the record, just, I think it was best that we all came here together. If you ended up scouting this thing out and this thing caught you by yourself. Oh, well, I'm just saying.
0: Nah, uh, no, be we can take him.
3: I don't oh, like your moxie. The kid's right, but she's a bit cocky.
2: Hey. Well, nothing wrong with that.
3: You're quite the team, either way. Well, oh, thank you. Um,. I am a bit concerned now that we might not find the rebreathers here that I promised you. This place is older than that, than I expected. There might not be any here.
1: Well, if
4: if anybody who's come through here got killed by this thing, maybe they couldn't reach them yet. Maybe maybe they're upstairs or, or something. I don't know.
2: This place is certainly worth looking over. There's something very fascinating about the technology of this sentinel we just felled. There's... I don't know. I'm very curious about how it got here. I'm sure upstairs we'll find something interesting.
5: Yes, clearly this place used to be some sort of factory of the sorts. Um, Nihilus has to look around to try to
0: have a guess of what this place used to be. Please roll investigation for Nihilus. Something I think he's quite good at.
4: It's just so upstairs there's not another one of these. errors.
0: For a total of 19. Looking at this place, there's a familiarity to the machines to you. You've seen this before, and... Interestingly, in your monastery, where you come from, there was a place where they made the robes for the priests, the looms that would spin threads into cloth. And these machines chug, because of course, technology changes, but its application can remain the same. In this methodical, loom-like, repetitory fashion, these threads, these wisps of salt might not have been what the original purpose of this factory was, yet somehow, after all this time, it continues to run, a single strand of thread being carried, this crystalline salt infinitely fed into the salt wastes on the outside. I do think we could scavenge this place, although it definitely does
5: not look like the beautiful flower it used to be
2: uh as nylas is doing that I'd, I'd like to cast ye old detect magic as a ritual just to see
0: casting detect magic you notice something you take out your stopwatch i presume flip pocket it open the pocket watch the ticking starts to reverberate through the walls until it's you start to feel its resonance and all the way at the top, there is 15 pings you get as a return. It outlines some kind of component. Each one is the same. They are in a circle, an oval, upstairs, almost perfectly placed apart from one another. The only thing in this place that resonates with magical energy, you can see there is a latent component like energy from within this machine before you. But whatever magic it uses, it's far more so powered by electric.
3: And I, I know it's been a, a week uh, and I'm, I'm trying to remember exactly uh, what you were saying uh, when we first approached but from context, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, is this factory or device that we're looking at here, is it taking salt and turning it into the thread? It doesn't look like it was originally meant for that purpose,
0: but somehow, as if to, to keep functioning, it's the only thing found in the salt wastes, and it somehow this factory has started converting that salt into this infinite thread that just shatters apart as it's cast into the endless wastes.
2: Wes, I was wondering, do I ping my own detect magic? I know Felix does, like, as a person.
0: As you have studied further, as your abilities have grown you feel your own presence, and the detect magic, ever so faint, does resonate even slightly off of you. It's it's ambient. It's always there.
2: And I believe once, very early on, I was told that Esper pings it.
0: Similarly, but also differently... Right, she almost absorbs that magic and that magical energy. If everything is a light, she is a little bit darker.
2: But has that been consistent? Like, I don't think it's related to ether. It's about uh, Esper themselves.
0: Has been consistent. You've noticed it every time.
2: Great. Uh, I report. I say to the group. I don't know if this is interesting or bone chilling, but there's a magic presence in the upper reaches of the building very like someone set up a ritual or a you know there's a circle of perfectly placed magical objects up there which sounds especially with our recent experiences and she nods a bit to Nihilus uh, not not my favorite news but probably something we should check
0: out.
5: You're right. Good job, everyone. Well, that could have gone a lot wronger. Let's try to scavenge this place the best we can.
0: Last one there's a rotten egg. As she... Well,
2: then I'm a rotten egg, surely.
3: Uh, be careful.
0: Runs up the stairs.
2: And if... Uh, and if we find some place comfortable, and after we've swept the place, as they say... Perhaps we might want to rest briefly. We all took a few knocks.
1: I was doing that while you was doing your little magic ritual thing. Uh, you see, he's saying this as he's...
2: A little less briefly than that.
1: you saying that as he was uh, basically doing a once-over of the perimeter of the first floor. Basically just turning over whatever he can find, searching any kind of uh, bits and drawers while the ritual was happening. Just, uh, honestly, this place don't surprise me in the least that there's something magical here. Uh, We got robot who's a what's it's, um, honestly, uh, if we're going to do, if we are going to head upstairs, let's, uh, just keep that same caution that we had coming in this place. Stay behind me if you need to. Please, Trevor,
0: roll a perception or investigation check. In this case, with advantage. Certainly, it's perception.
1: Uh, That is a modified 20.
0: Material components all seem similar to functions you'd imagine. You find crates of shovels and pickaxes. Supplies that are in this back room on the map. You'll see it on the left-hand side. In these crates, you find old clothes, a little bit different in fashion, but serving the same purpose, to be fit on humanoids of different sizes. You find all this old material almost untouched as you open each crate. And on a table a small workshop table, you find a rectangular mechanical device. Trevor, you had a fascination with these things. At first, you'd never seen one before. But when a reporter came to you and showed you You found it to be a recording device. And this, though, again, a little bit alien, a little bit different, reminds you a lot of those little tapes that would go
3: inside to record your voice. Oh, quick point of clarification here, Mr. DM. Is the alarm still going off in the building? The alarm has since silenced, and though
0: there does seem to be the mechanical whir of all the constantly running components. The alarm that was centered on this machine, this protector, this enemy,
3: is off. All right. As a point of uh, precaution, I'm going to bend down, uh, give Bandit a good scratch behind the ear for a good doing a good job, uh, give him the command to uh, head back down to the front door uh, and just be like a look out for us and to bark if he sees anyone approaching. Knowing
0: his job, runs down the stairs and perches himself right next to the door listening outside.
1: Uh, kind of fiddling around with little tape in his hands. Uh, here's a question. Would there have been any point in in between the past and now where Trevor would have gotten rid of his recorder?
0: No reason why he wouldn't. Looking at this rectangle, you see, probably wouldn't fit in your device. It's for a different machine, but it's very similar, that's for sure.
1: Uh, I imagine that, e- even with that in mind, like just the sheer familiarity of what it looks like, he goes, wait a sec. As he goes and pulls out uh, his little uh, Echochrome recorder. Uh, he'll kind of remember the weight of it in his hands before he ejects a prior tape pockets it he's just like really this is like how he was told this worked and this looks like the same thing so he's gonna try and just like put it in and realizing that it's not quite fitting it's like
2: Dr. Glass can help with this she does work with tape recorders in
1: her profession uh, oh, alright uh, hold on hold on oh I got it. I don't think this is right Uh, he's gonna Here, oh, me, the, the,
2: they're very difficult th- those things
1: but I don't, I don't want to break it man I don't want to get yelled at so we should find something that this fits in right he kind of holds up the tape
5: it doesn't fit Use more fur- force you sure Usually, you you put it in one way, well, and then a you jump. flip
2: it, and then you put it, flip it again, and it somehow it's always the first way, even though it didn't work the first time.
0: Relatable. <laughs>
1: uh, my, maybe there's another one of these things. Uh, he's gonna start uh, going through the crates a little more. Uh, maybe we should check upstairs too. Uh, maybe there's a place we can play this thing. As.
5: As Nihilus uh, is trying to stay a bit on the behind side of the group, who being one of the last ones to join up, he either discreetly or indiscretely. However, Esper wants to react to it. He wants to see how Esper is doing mentally wise, if uh, drug free, drunk free, sober free. What's, uh, what's uh, what? What they looking at?
4: <laughs> uh, well, first, Esper just got beat to shit. They still do not look great. There is like bruising and redness, swelling coming up all over the visible parts of their body. They look dusty. There's blood drying on their face from when they coughed it out. And as you see them looking around, their eyes are not 100% there yet. They're not 100% alert. There's still a little bit of that dilation in the pupils but you can see them squinting now, trying to force their eyes to focus. But I at the would same also, time... Oops.
1: Oh
0: no, Go please. Uh, well, okay, what I was going to say is, I would also add, you notice that the amount of pain or suffering that Esper shows is not the same as the wounds that she has. The effects of this drug have her almost numb to it.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: And so, with that It's less about the pain and it's more about Esper seeming to attempt to force themselves into at least momentary sobriety.
5: He simply takes out a note as he joins up and also says to them, we're going up now.
2: Dr. Glass, by the way, has ransacked the clothing crates to try to find something that actually fits and is suitable for this weather.
0: You certainly would. It's unusual, almost elegant and regal in a simplistic sort of way. But you can put something in your bag. As the group makes their way upstairs, you're on another catwalk. There is a balcony that sees below. These towering machines seems to seem to extend all the way from the first floor to the second. Their constant mechanical whirs and repetitive sounds even louder up here. You see a control panel, wired, cabled, and plumbed to these machines. But nobody sits there, yet somehow these levers move back and forth on their own. There's a table in the corner with old blueprints covered in dust. And on the far end, a rounded room with these bay windows is visible through two pairs of doors. If you explore in that direction, you'll see yet another staircase leading up... and an office... with a very similar type of recording device.
2: And Detect Magic would still be up.
0: You would see that... above this office... directly is those 15 devices... in an oval-shaped pattern.
2: Above it? Like, as though maybe on the roof of the building?
0: On the next level up. There's a third floor. You actually notice from this level that there is yet another catwalk that goes around the edge
3: for the final upper floor. And uh, after being on the second floor here, this catwalk...
2: Dr. Glass is going to head to the office
1: to check it out. You do so. Trevor is going to... uh, Still with the tape in his hand, uh, he's going to search out that... Uh, that familiar-looking recording device, considering himself an expert on the subject, uh, he is going to uh, attempt to try and, and listen in on what what voice got trapped in this ear tape.
0: Okay, you do that as well. And what is everybody else doing before I get to those?
3: I just wanted to look around on the catwalk here and see if there's any signs of if any water stalker had been here.
0: And Nihilus?
5: He's going to look around and try to have a thorough read through the schematics that seem to be laying around.
0: Okay. And Esper?
4: Esper's actually um, using some crates here and there and climbing up on them to look out any available windows and look outside.
0: Okay. So... We'll consider these little vignettes but let's start with Nihilus Nihilus you go over to these old blueprints on the table they're sprawled out and you see a represent a representation of these machines how they're built where each component goes the where each bolt is belongs and what its output is supposed to look like on the edge you see these schematics show the finished clothing output the raw material input And they're quite impressive, to be honest. But it's not just this machine and this location that you see on the table. Similarly, you see other schematics or machines that look like they're meant to pile-drive these heavy components into the earth to dig deeper. And with that, please roll investigation. Will do. In the travels
5: of Cairnstone, well... They don't have these machines for digging, they do have mines. Is something like this something he's similarly ever seen before? And sorry, what's it investigation, right?
0: Investigation. Okay.
5: Is what he wonders to himself. Uh, for total love. If loud, he's as he's going through these um schematics, he realizes he needs a little bit of oomph to understand them fully, and he grasps his holy charm and order to cast guidance for Total of 13.
0: These machines seem extremely complex. Every piece of the machine is machined from various components. Its build is, compared to what you've seen, much more complicated. And on the end, you see these large mechanical teeth that seem to be meant for the purpose of drilling down into the ground at a fast pace. This is certainly, this is certainly for mining. And you see a metallurgical symbol on the bottom. At first, especially with a 13, it's not immediately familiar to you But thinking back to your short time on this island, you've seen very similar symbology or symbolism for the material broom. Maybe it was their way of denoting it. But what you can tell with certainty is this culture, this older culture, had a very similar obsession with digging deeper and extracting it.
5: With that in mind, before Nydales starts to collect um, these schematics uh, for his own purposes and scribble down some notes to take a look at for a later time, in the combination with him reading Tinker speak all the way back on the, her Royal Rose uh, when it came to when it came to that uh, engine in order to fix, um, well, basically the AC of the ship to put it in the simpleton terms, how different in complexities would what he understood back then compared to these kinds of machines be? Would he feel like both of them are native creations of this island or this is a whole nother
0: ballgame? This was clearly made by a different type of people. And don't let me oversimplify this. Looking at these blueprints, there's no way you would be able to decipher how to actually build this yourself. In fact, it would take a team of experts to look over and try to interpret. You can just tell its purpose bears that striking similarity.
5: With a flint of mystique on his mind, he collects it all and
0: ends his turn. (laughs) Vander, please roll. You said you're investigating these catwalks and the area around the building?
3: Yeah, I'm. I'm really just looking to see if there has been any previous uh, water stalker uh, presence here. Please roll investigation.
0: We're gonna be having a lot of those, I think.
3: <laughs>
0: Three. Mm. You look around the room, walking this level before heading up. I think. You may wait for everybody else. Tell me if I'm wrong before heading to the last level. If, if people have started heading up to the third floor, I, I would be following. Okay, so you'd wait for the group to, to make that move. So in the meantime, looking around this room, there's not much to find. The catwalks are covered in dust, except that which has been unsettled by the shaking to the building. However, in the corner... The far southern corner. You see a crate. And, you know, maybe it's curiosity. You walk over to it, look at the label, inspect it, pry at the lid. It doesn't open. But just around it, you see a mask. The mask of a water stalker. Attached to a head. A skeletal decomposed, withered head as somebody not any time recently found their way cowering behind this crate and they died here. Oh, brother Is that what I what I think it is?
3: Yes it is, Abby oh, These ways to cruel. But we need it, so I'm going to gingerly take the mask off the wait, wait. skull. She puts her hand on your shoulder.
0: We've been told it's it's bad luck to take fallen stalker's equipment.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it is. But promise these people, rebreathers. this is one way of at least one step of the way (sighs) I don't buy superstition and I take it anyway
0: all right and she looks over there's not much else on this body at least useful at least or generally anything useful fine
3: I do uh I've seen that crate. Uh, I am curious about that now. Uh, I have a crowbar. So I'm going to pull the crowbar out and uh, see if I can find out what's inside this crate. I'm not going to
0: make you roll a check to open a crate. You take the crowbar, and after some attempts, you're able to pry it open. And on the inside, you see thousands of little mechanical screws. Yet another component that possibly kept this factory running at one at some point it's a wonder to you in fact looking at it with such quantities of extra supplies how it possibly has remained running if the people who originally inhabited it were needing materials in such
3: quantities strange place abby uh, i'm going to take a handful of those screws though yeah If the DM says
0: something, it's probably important. So you take a handful of the screws and put it in your bag. Uh, You can add a handful of screws, however you want to denote that. And Dr. Glass, looking around this office, it's possibly one of the most pristine, well-kept places in this warehouse. Not for any reason, but it's just lack of being used even in various places you saw tipped over crates and a little bit of a mess, but not here. And looking around, while Trevor, you two are together and you walk over to the table investigating that device that bears the similarity to your recorder, please roll investigation check, Dr. Glass.
2: All right. Now, in an area where Dr. Glass is actually very familiar things, she rolls a seven.
0: It's interesting how, though people from different cultures and different times could vary widely, the layout and use of this office is just as you'd imagine it would be, even today. A desk, a chair, a chair across from it, a leather mat on the desk, a lamp, papers stacked, bookshelves, It's what you'd expect. And... Unfortunately, with that role, it's... It's about as mundane as typical, also, as you'd expect.
2: Can I read the papers?
0: Yes. On the papers, you see on the front of one of them, output, 100%. Maintenance, good. Good. And it continues on with this printout of a status report showing all systems are in full working order, and at the bottom you you see written small anomalies due to bad weather.
2: Do I get at least like confirmation of what they were making? And was this a textile factory? Since I found the clothes, is is there a name on any of these? Is is there a letterhead? A desk plate? On the
0: top, the name of the factory, you see the double stitch. Huh. And Trevor, as Dr. Glass fiddles with the desk and reading the papers, I don't think you'd have an issue popping this tape into its recorder.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, just silently while... Doc's doing her thing. Just slowly load it up. Remembering way back when how this thing worked. Uh, She tries to fiddle with some buttons to get it to start talking to him.
0: Kind of finding the opening to it. You press a button and it opens suddenly. Uh, Stick the tape in, close it, and... There's a few buttons, why not try one or two? And you do. Doesn't do anything a couple of times, and then suddenly, as you press the last one, it turns on.
1: Ha! Ah, there we go.
0: You hear initially static as the recorder starts to run, two wheels on the front spinning before you. And the language that comes through—it's almost like the universalis, the common language of the world, but it's—it's it's a little bit older, older fashioned. This—this uh, this is Walter Jenkins. I guess I'm the last one left. I—I I, I found this old recorder in the factory manager's office. Gosh, I didn't even know this place was here never thought i'd use one of these uh it's funny the things you you find when the world's quieting down Uh, i worked in this factory a long time ago at least when it used to be in my hometown before they moved now there ain't no carriages on the roads there's no lights in the windows it's all gone Not much for words. I never was. But I figured someone someday might find this. Maybe they'll want to know what what it was like. At the end. It's. It's. It's lonely. Uh, You know, it's like waiting for a a train that's never coming. There's peace to it, too. I mean, skies are gray. And. I don't think I can go back outside anymore. Cloth it just doesn't cut it anymore. I feel it in my lungs.
5: <clears throat>
0: Nature's reclaiming her own, I guess. <laughs> Whoever's listening, I want you to know something. I was here. I lived. I. We... I'm not talking about me anymore. We lived on this island. We loved, we struggled, we dreamed. This world wasn't perfect, but it was ours. So, cherish yours, if you still have one. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be like if if, if anybody ever finds this. But, I don't want to die in this Old factory and the noise is coming from upstairs. I I don't even have the wherewithal to check. I I think I'm just gonna go sit outside. I think I'm gonna go try to watch the sunset through the clouds. And I think maybe for you there's hope left, but for now this is. This is Walter Jenkins, signing off. Take care of each other, alright? And it clicks off.
1: Trevor. <sighs> Let's go of a breath that he'd been holding for a bit, that he didn't realize. Before he kind of looks around this place. Not looking for anything in particular, just trying to reacquaint himself with his surroundings. Well, I suppose that's, um, that was something, wasn't it? (laughs) We should, uh, and he goes to look at the doctor
3: Uh, Was Vander privy to hearing that conversation on the tape? I would say... Let's say this.
0: Trevor, as you press the button and the recorder started, Esper, trying to look through the windows, you try your best, but they're opaque. The salt has encrusted them. And as you stand on that crate to get as high as you can, you as well as... Vander, and Nihilus, kind of being interrupted in your tasks, hear the sound of this recorder that plays through the room. And maybe it's a moment that everybody might stop what they're doing to hear it, and after it finishes, you could go to the main office to discuss.
1: Well, uh, hey, um, so, you was talking about something on the outside, um it's something hey uh he's gonna real quickly uh, eject the tape and just pocket it. um that was we had deja vu. um if we can gather up some rebreathers or use the ones we already got, we can probably do what, what Mr. Jenkins here couldn't do, so uh how about that? <laughs> Thanks for looking up. <laughs> sort of just start making his way out of the office.
5: Nylas says aloud,
1: This Mr. Jenkins, he was speaking as if
5: Armageddon itself was happening right here. W- Vander, w- would you know more as has this place always been like this as far as I thought or realised the saturation it creeps on the island I suppose but
3: has it really been that bad well I've lived on this island my whole life I've seen seasons of the saturation come and go and I mean I'm no expert on the on the weather or on the saturation itself but it's gotten worse over the years it could have happened before maybe but here in this tape one thing is certain in my mind those people in crow perch those bastards who live on the ground they're doing the same thing that this Walter Jenkins and his people were doing before. I don't think it's gonna happen again. This hubris. I don't know what this. whatever they're digging for, I don't know what it is, but. God, I can't help but feel like it's gonna happen again.
0: I. I've been traveling with Vander for a while, and I found that a lot of these places that we stop in they're made way long before any of us have been on this island. It looks like just a another kind of people from a long time ago.
2: But these weren't always salt wastes. I don't think so. This was built here when this was perfectly habitable. It it sounded like he
4: knew what it was like before the salt came here so I, I mean could it have really
0: been that long it it sounded like he stopped being able to breathe the air at the same time he recorded that it must have been just overcoming him well, either
5: way let's try to gather what we can I, I really don't like being at this place for too long or longer than we need to be uh, Dr. Glass you mentioned there's something upstairs perhaps yes, we should take a look
2: something Mr. Jenkins couldn't bring himself to investigate but certainly I have to
5: Nihilus follows Or goes
1: upstairs. I got your back. Okay.
5: I know you do.
0: You make your way up the stairs. A catwalk rounds the top and there is a room up here. You enter through a door to the catwalk and then around to the room just above this office. And what you see is disturbing. Stepping through the door, you see a table that almost looks like a boardroom table. Large, wooden chairs around it. Fifteen of them. And in each chair is a... Skeleton, not for a helmet on each one with a glass visor that comes down. It's as if just the heads are what's no, not decomposed. You see from each helmet, which looks a lot like a rebreather or might serve a similar purpose, has cables that come out of the back of the head that tie up along the strands toward the center of the room and lead to a very similar location that the cable from the protector did. The eyes of each one of these people are closed but the complexion from their faces almost seems alive.
3: Now, these don't look like any rebreathers I've seen before, right?
0: No. These, first of all, they bear a magical energy. That's what Dr. Glass noticed. And they seem like they would work. You can tell that the build of them is very similar. They might have more purposes to them, but these might not just work. They might be great devices.
2: And there's 15 of them?
0: There's 15 of them, and 15 would seem to be living, yet somehow bodies beneath the neck completely decomposed to a skeleton. People who slump around the table that are clearly alive.
1: What the hell is this?
2: It's something very disturbing and potentially very beneficial to us.
5: What do you sense, Dr. Class?
2: They're magic. They're magical in a similar way. There was a magic essence involved in the the sentinel we fought downstairs. But I don't know what those cords mean, and maybe we should just begin by severing them. But perhaps we should step back downstairs first and see if anyone needs healing up before I start messing about with anything.
1: Well, I mean, like, we saw them them wires coming down to that that thing downstairs, right? Are these things... And those things are, are they like the same things? Are they—are they connected? If we unplug one, are we? Are these things alive?
2: I don't know if, as a doctor, uh, I would have any further opinion on or on that. Wes, please is there? Please
0: roll medicine.
2: Do I have anything? <laughs> okay.
0: This, this okay. nihilus. That's appropriate. Uh, with some experience experiences...
2: I rolled a 2 for a 7. I think that's very fair in this situation.
0: Sorry, what were you saying, Nihilus?
5: Does Nihilus, with his experience as a cleric, have some form of sense that these are,
0: well, undead? Roll Arcana. Will do. Dr. Glass. With a 7. I mean... First of all, the sight might disturb you. The the heads end at the end of the helmet. The bodies are gone. Living and dead. You can only venture one potential outcome here. Removing the helmet kills the inhabitant. That is, for the seven, that's what has to happen, right? They have no body. They have no circulatory system. No organs. Nothing. And Nihilus, what was your arcana roll? A total of 23. These creatures, these people, they're not just not undead. These helmets seem to be keeping them alive. The cables and pneumatics and tubes all seem to serve a different function when plugged into these helmets and somehow though clearly unconscious these people have been here for all this time as living people I believe we should heed
5: the doctor's words I have a bad feeling about this we need these We breathe this, but I think something will happen if we take them.
4: Well, they're nothing without the rebreathers. They're they're barely anything at all, the way that they are now.
3: There's no way these people are alive. It's just a head. The bodies are dust and bone. There's no heart. There's nothing.
5: I'm telling you, I'm sensing something's not right. There are things between the living and the dead. And I think we're looking at
0: it right now.
2: Yes, when you see something impossible, it's safest to expect more impossible.
0: You see that central cable in the center starts to slowly and methodically move and twist as if trying to regather itself in its bundle as it lowers. It's not happening quickly or soon, but you can see the behavior of how this ...factory might have kept working. Does
5: it feel sentient? The way how it moves? Or is it purely logical pattern? Like, if Nihilus would to put, like... ...the, the Cable going but to point A to B... ...if he would put, like, a stick or a rock or a box in between... ...does it try to move through, up, around, smart?
0: It... I would say you don't have to make a check deduction will serve you well here 15 people whose heads are still on their bodies bodies missing attached as cables to the factory and all of the slow repairs seem to happen on their own. It almost seems sentient or intentional. And maybe those people play a role.
5: I mean, all of you have eyes like I do, right? people are controlling the factory that's how the, that's how it keeps working that's why we were attacked even those handles were being moved we really do need those rebreathers but I, I feel like this place is haunted
1: when you say uh, they're, they're, they're controlling this thing are they like and you see, uh, he's kind of, like, still got the visions of the, the bodiless heads. Are are they, like, asleep? Are, are they, like, are they, are they dreaming? Are they just, are they just batteries? Are they...
5: Remember Buring? I feel like they're... They've given up their sentience to be moved into objects. It could explain why there's 15 of them. There's a lot of things that need controlling over here. I don't know what kind of magic or mechanical devices would perform a ritual like this. It's out of my expertise by far. But clearly, something has happened for these people to, instead of work the factory, to be the factory.
2: Whatever it is, it seems unnatural.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I'm following you on that. I just, um, I don't know if if I can just, like, look,
3: uh, Uh, Well, I I must admit, uh, look, I I know I promised you folks some rebreathers, and these do appear to fit that mold, but I'm a bit conflicted here. On one hand, I know we're going to need them to get out of here. On the other hand, I can't promise you that if you put these things on, something won't happen. I don't know these rebreathers. I don't know what they're capable of.
4: But what other what other choice do we have here? Here, when are we going to find another building? When are we going to find more rebreathers? Do we even know? What if what if we don't know? What if this is the only chance that we have for them?
1: If uh I mean these don't seem like normal rebreathers, clearly. They're they're keeping people alive. They're they're stopping aging. They're 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 doing a lot more than just helping you breathe. Uh but Doc You can talk in people's heads, right? That's that's
2: very true. I can uh, attempt to reach out to them. And If the time comes that we want to relieve them of an unnaturally suspended existence, I wouldn't call it life, uh, I would recommend we not try to remove them from their heads, remove the uh, helmets, before we deal with the cables that connect them, since that seemed to disable... The, the guard, quickly. We sh- I think we should focus on the power source if anything goes wrong.
5: Uh. You can see Nihilus uh, twirling his mystique mustache that seems to have been growing out of control in the past few weeks, and he thinks to himself, uh, "West Dungeon Master, uh, from the look... <laughs> Uh, From the look at how they're sitting, the way how these mechanics have been behaving, everything that's going for the past hour, especially because the factory is working, but essentially having no purpose here, so so as far as he can understand. Does he have, or at least a guess, if this is a willing ritual? If these people are here willingly, or this has been done to them?
0: You know... There's times where I want to be able to say, OK, just roll this or roll that. But all you see is 15 people seated around a table with helmets on their heads and eyes closed. It would be impossible to discern their motivations or why they're there just by looking. Nihilus responds and, I-
5: response and says, Either way, I suppose, right, we're in a th- tough spot we need these rebreathers and we're going to have to well, <laughs> however you say press the button and go forward
2: well i will see if i can get in touch with them at least Do and she looks for if there's someone at if there's one of them at the head of the table she will speak she will attempt to speak into that person's mind and gently say Hello in there, don't be alarmed, we want to see if we can help you, are you trapped?
0: You hear. Loom efficiency check, 95% efficiency on Loom 1, 92% efficiency on Loom 2, average loom efficiency 94.67, dye consumption 0 liters remaining. Blue dye consumption, zero liters remaining. Safety alert, ensure all workers wear protective gear.
2: Then she breaks it off and says, just automatons, they are in fact the factory, only thinking about machinery and supply levels. I think it's best we end that... Bizarre situation.
5: I agree. Nihilus steps closer.
2: Can Dr. Glass see? You know, her mage hand has a longer reach now. Can she see? uh, Once again, I'll ask you is there a plug she can pull?
0: Um, The helmets can be removed. There's these little latches on either side that you can unseal. There's the cables that come out of the top that seem to be kind of all integrated into the helmet. You could work on severing them also to disconnect it. Um, And it runs all the way to a central ball in the ceiling in the center. The same place where the cable to the protector was hanging uh, which glows radiantly. It's, It's powered.
2: All right. Uh thinking just for just a moment I can't from here reach all the way to the center of the big factory Uh, but what do I have how how high up is this main cable
0: it goes to the ceiling in the room as they kind of gather into bundles and drapes in these loops all the way towards the center of the factory
4: Trevor um Maybe if you could give me a boost, and then if I can grab those, if we can, if you pull on me and I'm pulling on them, it would work,
1: maybe. Um. Trevor looks down, says, well, "I mean, we can give it a shot. I think we can uh, do that pretty easily. If you need a, I can give you a little, uh, a little hook, a little toss up. If you need it. Uh, yeah." I
4: I think it would work. I'm light enough to throw.
1: Yeah, I think you are. <laughs> not, that's not make, making a judgment call on you or nothing. Um, but let me, uh, see what I can do. He kind of uh, does a little, cups his hands together and gets down on the ground to see if he can't, uh, get you to step in and boost you up.
0: You do so, and Esper flies up just high enough to grab onto the cables, and you're up there.
4: Just a nice big bear hug on the cables, feet kind of dangling and kicking slightly in the air, waiting for to see if Trevor can grab them. I'll we'll uh, do a sort of chain pull.
1: I'll do like a little pop-up in the air and try to see if I can grab onto Esper's ankles, I guess. <laughs> If not I can telekinetically
2: grab. Probably.
0: Uh Trevor and Esper, please roll an athletics check.
1: Alright. I think we have the same modifier anyway, so
5: <laughs> Pylos looks sort of fander to what he thinks about all this
0: acrobatics. <laughs> A twenty-three. Seventeen. Uh, together you pull at these cables. And they do have these spots where they connect to one another. And the goal here is to disconnect the cables. Is that right? Yes. You do so. The cables snap. The bundle of them. There's some zapping noises and pneumatics where pressure immediately releases. Um, You see fluids that just kind of spray out in the spot as... They're disconnected, and all at the same time, the heads at the table open their eyes, panicked. They're all looking around.
1: Uh, be quiet. Uh, I don't know if they can
5: see us. What did we did? You did something.
4: Esper is like
5: stuck still,
4: presumably somewhere adjacent to Trevor. I'm gonna
3: walk to the one closest to Vander and and take the helmet off. You do so. The helmet comes off, and you
0: see. It. As, as you remove it, the panicked look on this person's face, they're not able to move any of their body. The head just leans back in the chair as their eyes look around as if they don't know where they are, why they're here. And as some of the eyes at the table already start closing, this one whose helmets come off, I, I,
5: I, uh,
4: permission to kill it. Make it, yeah.
5: Uh, Yeah, it's a mercy. What does it have to say?
1: I. Where? 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 I don't think it's much of a conversation right now. And he's just going to do like a hammer fist (laughs) to the back of his head to just try and just try and cave in the skull.
0: You hit the back of its head and it immediately falls forward, striking the table and is silenced forever Nyla starts
5: to pray aloud
4: I I think we might have to maybe for everybody and Esper is going to go while still standing on the table to the nearest one take the helmet off of them as well and if they are beginning to do the same thing she will similarly silence
0: them It doesn't take long for each individual set of eyes to close those that are in the helmets as the electrical components and pneumatic components no longer deliver whatever function it was that they had with these helmets. And you'll notice as you take this helmet off that they're already silent and it's easy to remove.
2: Okay.
4: I think they're... they're done. I think.
2: And Dr. Glass dove in and helped with, you know, Mage Hand and her cane. The end says, well, that was awful. I'm so sorry, everyone.
5: Saurus, please take these souls under your commandment. They may be a bit old, but that shouldn't be a reason to decline them. Please take care of them. Amen.
3: Thank you, guys. I wanna check in with Abby. How's she doing? Abby
0: the moment that this cable was severed and the eyes started opening, she walked out and went around the edge of the wall so she couldn't see it.
2: And Doctor Glass just looks to Vander and say and says she's a, she's got a good head on her shoulders. Is she your your family?
3: Um huh? in in all the way that matters.
2: I know what you mean. I'm sorry that she's been exposed to the likes of us, but you've done the really wonderful job with her. It's obvious already.
3: I wouldn't be here if it weren't for her. Are
4: the insides of these helmets gooey at all, or were these heads fairly well-preserved and intact?
0: Very well preserved. The, The smell of the air that comes out of them when you remove them almost has this medical quality to it. The helmets are fogged up a bit, but it looks like there's some way that they kept them clean, and you're able to collect if you wish, 15 of them. Nihilus wanting to leave the room, he has a last look if to see to see if there's anything of interest in the room. And some crates, an old furnace, none of which has seen use in a long time. There's nothing here, though. As you're looking, as Abigail sits outside recovering, you hear. Oh, from the inside of the main part of the building
1: well that's not good (laughs) Trevor uh, just Trevor as soon as he hears that was in a stupor uh, wordless just like full on following orders mode just hears that it goes it ain't done let's go
0: And that's where we'll cut to break. You've made it to the end of the session. This is the last session before the new season begins. The next episode, the conclusion to this season is the culmination of months of work as a labor of love to make our version of D&D. If you're listening to this, you're one of the few people who make it to the end of our sessions right now as we're very small at the time of recording this. And while I want to say thank you, I also want to task you with a job. You, the person listening, if you could let us know in the comments here that you listened through the entire episode, that you enjoyed it, It'll help us know that there are people here at the end of the session. The void is not quite so vacant. Regardless, if you're listening to this, thank you. And we're looking forward to the next season.